Nech benji profiloni Jesus Christus, veki veki fanum. Here it is, the end of October, and I've been wanting to record this for you all month. The month of October is the month of the Holy Rosary. I'm guessing most listeners of you regular guys, regular listeners, already say your rosary, at least pretty frequently. I'm going to strengthen. I'm going to use St. Louis de Montfort. Maybe things you haven't heard in a while. I'm going to strengthen your resolve to encourage others to say their rosary. And I'm going to give you great hope leading into this month of November when we tend to think of the last things. You will be encouraged. You will have hope. And even with the things happening in the church today, I think I'm going to put a spring in your spiritual step. Let's start with a prayer. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Our title today is The Peril of Opposing the Rosary and the Glories of Saying It Daily. Hmm. You know, maybe in this modern day, you're supposed to get more of a hook on people. I would hope that that, that just saying the perils, you know, the, the dangers, the traps. We live among people today that think that hell isn't even going to be eternal. So they, I'm not sure that, you know, I can't get up on the podium like a southern preacher and start saying that people are going to lead to hell because it's just not. It's not going to have the effect because most people don't even believe in hell. But for you, for you guys who listen a lot, who want to do well, you know what I mean. There's danger. St. Louis de Montfort, I want to get into a, we're going to get into about four sections today. The first one's going to be, Just stories you may have heard before, but hopefully they'll be sharper on your mind after I bring them up again. And if you haven't heard these before, I think your jaw's going to drop. They're they're recorded, and St. Louis de Montfort goes to great care to talk about how these things had been recorded and the the believability of them. But he, he recounts, and I think this is the part that's worth it. You know, the history of the church is such that in the past, we used to have the great confraternity, the arch confraternity of the rosary. It was church-wide, and it had formulas by which the rosaries were blessed and indulgences uh, that would be given for each recitation of the rosary. And even just if you said your rosary while fingering or while somebody saying the rosary with you fingered beads of a rosary that had been blessed according to the uh, uh, confraternities methods. There were 500 days each. And there are all kinds of other plenary indulgences and other indulgences. The church highly, highly, based on the stories 
and miracles and promises given to the rosary clearly placed preeminence on the recitation of something that everybody takes for granted. Now, St. Louis de Montfort wrote, you know, this is much of this material is coming out of his book, The, the Secret of the Rosary. You may have read that before. It's okay. We're going to have a little different touch on it today. And even if you have read it before, you might have forgotten some of these things. And that my, my goal is to, uh, like I said, put a little spring back in your uh, spiritual step and hopefully give you things to discuss with people when trying to encourage them to say their rosaries too. Now, the confraternity had been opposed in some places and back in the, around 1500. You know, think of the time we're talking about. This is the beginning. We can see even in Germany and Cologne, we're going to talk about Cologne here. People had been opposing the rosary and the confraternity of the rosary, priests even. What happened in a little bit later in the 1500s? We got the, the Luther and we got the Protestant revolt. So right before this, think of today, right before this, Our Lady had been inspiring the spread of the confraternity back into those lands. And it was in Cologne, Germany, where things got pretty interesting. Priest that was, uh, we'll get to Cologne here. I'm going to talk about, St. Louis de Montfort leads into this by, by telling us that it, it's, it's wicked indeed and unjust to hinder the progress of the confraternity of the Holy Rosary. God has severely punished many of those who have been so benighted as to scorn the confraternity and sought to destroy it. That's what was going on in parts of France, Germany, and other places. It's hard to think of clergy, the hierarchy, being against the rosary. Or is it? Is that a lot like today, maybe? St. Louis uh, continues, Even though God has set his seal of approval on the rosary by many miracles, and though it has been approved by the church in many papal bulls, there are only too many people who are against the Holy Rosary today. He's talking about back when he wrote this, 100, 200 years ago, or... Is he talking about today as I'm speaking with you? Some of the words will be a little different here, but he continues, such are free thinkers and those who scorn religion, who either condemn the rosary or try to turn others away from it. It is easy to see that they have absorbed the poison of hell and that they are inspired by the devil. For no one can condemn devotion to the Holy Rosary without condemning all that is most holy in the Catholic faith, such as the Lord's Prayer, the Hail Mary, and the mysteries of the life, death, and glory of Jesus Christ and his Holy Mother. These free thinkers who cannot bear to have people say the Rosary often fall into a heretical state of mind without realizing it and come to hate the Rosary and its mysteries. To have a loathing for confraternities is to fall away from God and true piety. For our Lord himself has told us that he is always in the midst of those who are gathered together in his name. No good Catholic would neglect the many great indulgences which the church has granted to confraternities. 
Finally, to dissuade others from joining the Rosary Confraternity is to be an enemy of souls because the Rosary is a means of avoiding sin and leading a good life. St. Bonaventure says in his, quote, Psalter, that whoever neglects Our Lady will die in his sins. What then must be the punishment in store for those who turn people away from devotion to her? So here let's talk about Germany. St. Louis told us. Uh, this was at the time, uh, I don't know the year, I didn't look it up, I apologize, but he's given us when the time was happening. And uh, by mentioning St. Dominic, I think he's talking about uh, this is going to be in the 1200s for this little story that leads us into Germany. So this was roughly 12, it must be like 1250. When St. Dominic was preaching the rosary in uh, Carcassonne, I always have trouble with the French. A heretic made fun of his miracles and the 15 mysteries of the rosary. And this prevented other heretics from being converted. As a punishment, now I'm reading from uh, St. Louis de Montfort here. As a punishment, God allowed 15,000 devils to enter the man's body. His parents took him to Father Dominic to be delivered from the evil spirits. Father St. Dominic started to pray, and he begged everyone who was there to say the rosary out loud with him. And at each Hail Mary, Our Lady drove a hundred devils out of the man, and they came out of him in the form of red-hot coals. After the man had been delivered, he abjured his former errors, was converted, and joined the rosary confraternity. Several of his associates did the same, having been greatly moved by his punishment and by the power of the rosary. So he, St. Louis uh, gives us, uh, he says that the learned Franciscan Carthagena, as well as several other authors, say that the extraordinary event, oh, here's our year, took place in 1482. Now, that's just one of many stories and miracles related in St. Louis de Montfort's book. Do you think it's any different today with many of these people? What we lack today are those with the courage to get the parish together to pray a rosary or parents that take the child full of devils to the church and say the rosary and give the power to deliver that uh, those who have been filled with devils. That's the many things wrapped up in that, not just the perils of opposing the rosary, but the power of the rosary to deliver back to a good state, to bring to health, the sick soul that sought to oppose the rosary. Now, this is, I love this story. It's why I keep getting into it. Let's get into Father James Springer. I'm going to tell you about him in a minute. He's famous for certain things he wrote and actions he did. But 
First and foremost, we should know he was trying to reestablish devotion to the rosary and the confraternity in the city of Cologne. There we are. This is, I think, in the uh, early 1500s, so prior to Luther. So it's Our Lady trying to get into place to help the people of Germany, probably because of what was happening in the church and what was going on. So Father Springer hit opposition in Cologne, and there, two of the most articulate priests, known for their uh, power of speech, for their good homilies, and their preaching abilities, they were jealous of the uh, of the great influence that uh, Springer was exerting through preaching the Rosary. They began to speak against the devotion whenever they had a chance. And as they were eloquent and had a great reputation, they persuaded many people not to join the confraternity. This is in Cologne. One of them, the better to achieve his wicked end, wrote a special sermon against the rosary and planned to give it the following Sunday. But when the time came for the sermon, he did not appear And after a certain amount of waiting, someone went to fetch him. He was found to be dead. He had evidently died without anyone to help him. After persuading himself that the death was due to natural causes, the other priest decided to carry out his friend's plan. And he was going to give a similar sermon on another day, hoping to put an end to the confraternity of the rosary. However, when the day came for him to preach and it was time to give the sermon, God punished him by striking him down with paralysis, which deprived him of the use of his limbs and the power of his speech. At last, he admitted his fault and that his friend in in his heart, he silently besought Our Lady to help him. He promised that if only she would cure him, he would preach the rosary with as much zeal as that with which he had formerly fought against it. For this end, he implored her to restore his health and his speech. You know what? Our lady did exactly that. He was instantaneously cured, and he rose up like another Saul, a persecutor turned defender of the holy rosary. He publicly acknowledged So he went out, get this, he had opposed the rosary, known to everybody about it, had a change of heart, gets cured. What's the first thing he does? He publicly, to all those people, acknowledged the error of his ways previously and ever afterwards preached the wonders of the rosary with great zeal and eloquence. St. Louis makes a comment here and he says, oh, I'm sure that the free thinkers and the ultra critical people of today, his day, maybe we could say today, our day, will question the truth of the stories as they question many things. But all I've done is copy them from very good contemporary authors and in part from a book written a short time ago, The Mystical Rose Tree by Father Anthony Thomas, Order of Preachers. So, 
St. Louis wanted people to know, hey, this is real stuff. I believe it's real stuff. So let's get into the benefits. Those are the perils. Shouldn't be a surprise that there'd be a punishment. We might wonder today, I'm sure these things have happened today, and maybe they're just not spoken of. But I'm sure that Our Lady, for whatever reason, has also obtained mercy from those punishments from a number of people, for a number of people today that still oppose the rosary. But let's get to us, those of us who want to say the rosary, those of us who already love it and want to know more about it. St. Louis tells us to encourage us still more in the devotion practiced by so many holy people. He'd like to add that the the rosary recited, 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 that's funny, recited with the meditation of the mysteries brings about the following marvelous results. So here's what's in it for you and me and anybody else that says the rosary gradually brings us a perfect knowledge of Jesus Christ. We could say it brings us, as we're moving along, it brings us to a more more perfect. But he states that, that in the end, it brings a perfect knowledge of Jesus Christ. It purifies our souls from sin. Three, it gives us victory over all our enemies. I love that part. Our Lady is powerful, and she can bring about it just the, the stories there. And I'm not even talking about Lepanto. There's just countless others. Four, it makes the practice of virtue easy. How many times, and it's ironed into my head because I heard it from Father Hardin, when our Lord says, Nihil potestas mihi nihi, without me you can do nothing. Father Hardin says, we should understand that since we can only do good with the help of God's grace, what our Lord is saying, without me, the only thing you can do is destroy. What our Lord is saying is, if you want to do anything good, you need him. And St. Louis de Montfort is telling us here, by saying it makes the practice of virtue easy, it means that Our Lady will give you all the graces you need to do good things with our Lord. That's beautiful in its own. That right there, I mean, you don't need any other benefits, but we're going to get into so many more. This truly is the spiritual treasury of the church. Next to the Blessed Sacrament, which is the ultimate treasury, it's our Lord himself poured himself out for us. The way to access that, the way to better use it, the way to be better with what our Lord gives you is through the rosary. The two things go hand in hand, but we know that because Our Lady told us that. So let's get to some of these other benefits. I mean, we're talking about heaven here. It's like the best buffet uh, anywhere. It's just like there's endless tables of good things for us here. Number five, it sets us on fire with the love of our Lord. Number six, it enriches us with graces and merits. And number seven, it supplies us with what is needed to pay all our debts to God and to our fellow man. And finally, it obtains all kinds of graces from God. Treasure chest. 
not just treasures. It's all kinds of treasures. Let's get into one of my favorite parts of this now. How this plays out in one of the promises ascribed in the 15 promises of the rosary is that by saying it, you'll get signal graces. St. Louis de Montfort doesn't get into that part, but he keeps telling us about these signal graces that people get, actual graces and in, in, in stuff that occurs. He tells a story, he says, St. Louis de Montfort, Blessed Anne de la Roche, Alan de la Roche, excuse me, Blessed Alan de la Roche, who was so deeply devoted to the Blessed Virgin, had many revelations from her. And we know that he confirmed the truth of these revelations by a solemn oath. So what St. Louis de Montfort's telling us is that he, he told the truth under pain of sin. That means that we can take this at his, at his word. And this is a blessed telling us that. Three of them stand out with special emphasis. The first, that if people say, fail to say the Hail Mary, which has saved the world out of carelessness, or because they are lukewarm, or because they hate it, this is an indication they'll probably be condemned to eternal punishment. You'll see that word in St. Louis de Montfort brings it up in other places, but they say that the rosary is a sign of predestination and what St. Louis de Montfort's relating based on Blessed Alan de la Roche's uh, account here is that the lack of saying it is a sign of damnation. That's tough. The second truth is that those who love this divine salutation bear the very special stamp of predestination. Thanks be to God. That gives me comfort. It gives me hope. It should give you hope too. I know from you listening to this, you love to say the Hail Mary. Do you hear what that? Here we are. We're heading into November, end of October. And I said I was going to put a little spring in your step. Because we're going to be talking about the four last things. You got to love this. That our Lord makes it easy to let you know, hey, you're headed towards that right place. Keep it up. That's what this should tell you. By loving to say, you know, the rosary and saying the Hail Mary is like a barometer of your spiritual life. If you like to say it and you seek to say it, it's a sign that you're heaven bound. You know, yeah, I I do mean to invoke that. You know, there's a heaven bound Baptist church near me. And I think, you know, sometimes I really do like some of the candor of the the, uh, Protestants. Because you should have a little spring in your step. You should have a desire that by worshiping God, loving his statutes, and loving what church he's made for us, that you will be with him someday. And here it is. It's something so sublime and right in front of you. You can tell by your fervor and your love of saying the Hail Mary and the Rosary, whether you are heaven bound. Third, those to whom God has given this favor of loving Our Lady and of serving her out of love, must take very great care to continue to love and serve her until the time when she shall have had them placed in heaven by her Son in the degree of glory which they have earned. 
that is perseverance. And we're going to get into more about the rosary on how you can persevere. So we're going to flip back over to the perils and we're going to talk about if these things are a sign of the good, let's, let's elaborate. St. Louis is going to elaborate on what it means here that if you don't, he gets right into it. I mean, I love this because he, you know, mincing words with St. Louis de Montfort heretics, all of whom are children of the devil and who clearly bear the sign of God's reprobation have a horror of the hail Mary. They'll still say the, our father, but never the hail Mary. They would rather carry a poisonous snake about them than a rosary. Think of stuff you see today. Sometimes I think St. Louis de Montfort was thinking of our days when he was writing this stuff. He goes on, Among Catholics, those who bear the mark of God's reprobation think but little of the rosary. They either neglect to say it or only say it quickly in a lukewarm manner. And as St. Louis de Montfort says, even if he did not believe what was revealed to Blessing Alan de la Roche, even then my own experience would be enough to convince me of this terrible but consoling truth. I do not know, nor do I see clearly, how it can be that a devotion which seems so small can be the infallible sign of eternal salvation and how its absence can be the sign of God's eternal displeasure. Nevertheless, nothing could be more true. You should have heard that little ring of truth in there. It gives me, you know, you can hear when you hear truth, you kind of, it just resonates with you. You know it. If you go back to your own life, you can look at your own attitudes toward these things or how you dealt with the rosary and you know what he's saying is true. St. Louis, again, in our own day, this is St. Louis de Montfort's day, we see that people who hold new doctrines have been condemned by the church with all their would-be piety, ignore the devotion to the rosary, and often dissuade their acquaintances from saying it with all sorts of fine pretexts. They are very careful not to condemn the rosary in the scapular, as the Calvinists do, but the way they set about attacking them is all the more deadly because it is more cunning. I shall refer to them, this St. Louis de Montfort, he's going to refer to them later on. For now, he says, the Hail Mary, the rosary is the prayer in the infallible touchstone by which I can tell those who are led by the Spirit of God from those who are deceived by the devil. In other words, those who follow the standard of Christ will love the rosary, and those who follow the standard of Satan will hate it. St. Louis continues, I have known souls who seem to soar like eagles to the heights by their sublime contemplation, and yet were pitifully led astray by the devil. I only found out how wrong they were when I learned that they scorned the Hail Mary and the Rosary, which they considered as being far beneath them. If that rubbed you a little bit, if you thought, no, I want to get to these other things. I want to do this other stuff. No, I want this new stuff. If you find yourself doing that, go back to your rosary. If we look at what St. Louis de Montfort's saying there, he's giving us a key towards uh, what Our Lady tried to tell us at Fatima. Pray your rosary. 
which he told us at Akita, pray your rosary. He's telling us, you know how well you're doing by how you're dealing with this. And he's telling us by how he can, how he could tell from people around him. So now let's get into even a better story. Those promises that our lady will help you or that it gets rid of sin. This will blow your mind and you're going to want to say your rosary daily. I mean, I just love, I love this little tale. St. Louis tells us our lady not only blesses those who preach a rosary, but she highly rewards all those who by their example, get others to say it. Alphonsus, King of Leon and Calicia very much wanted all his servants to honor the blessed Virgin by saying the rosary. So he used to hang a large rosary on his belt. Though he never himself, the king himself never said it. Nevertheless, his wearing it encouraged his courtiers to say the rosary devoutly. One day the king fell ill, seriously, seriously ill. And when he was given up for dead, he found himself in spirit before the judgment seat of our Lord. Hmm. It's maybe more timely that I gave this today because here we are on the cusp of the four last things on the end of the month of the rosary. I love this story. So the king falls ill and he finds himself at the judgment seat of Christ. There, many devils were accusing him of all the sins he had committed. And our Lord was about to condemn him when Our Lady came forward to speak in his favor, she called for a pair of scales and had his sins placed on one of the balances while she put the large rosary which he had always worn on his belt on the other scale. Together, she started piling on all the other rosaries that had been said through his example. And it was found that those rosaries weighed more than his sins. Looking at him with great kindness, Our Lady said, as a reward for the little service you did for me in wearing my rosary, I have obtained a great grace for you from my son. Your life will be spared for a few more years. And here's the perseverance. Our Lady tells him, see that you spend those years wisely and do penance. Sounds like the message of Fatima. Sounds like the message of Akita. Back to our story. When the king regained consciousness, he cried out, Blessed be the rosary of the most holy Virgin Mary, by which I have been delivered from eternal damnation. After he recovered his health, he spent the rest of his life in spreading devotion to the rosary and said it faithfully every day. People who love the Blessed Virgin ought to follow the example of King Alphonsus and that of the saints whom St. Louis has been telling us about so that they too may win other souls to the confraternity of the Holy Rosary. They will receive great graces here on earth and finally eternal life. Those who explain me will have life everlasting. Just as sublime as it is to tell how you're doing, so sublime it is to quickly do what our Lord asks and bring more to him. And Our Lady makes it so easy by 
just asking us to encourage others to say the rosary. You can't beat it. Now, more on pardon for sin. Let's say you have something in your life that just weighs on you. Let's say you know, I would think all of us do, that you've got more to do to expiate your sins. You've found the right place. Just by, by being devoted to your rosary, listen to this story. St. Louis de Montfort says, whatever you do, you should have this rosary up front. This should be what you want to do every day. Apart from mass, apart from the sacraments, the next right next thing you should do is say your rosary. St. Louis warns us, do not be like the certain pious but self-willed lady in Rome, so often referred to by speakers on the rosary. She was so devout and fervent that she put she was put to shame by her whole she put to shame by her holy life even the strictest religion religious in the church. She decided to ask St. Dominic's advice about her spiritual life, and she made her confession to him. For penance, he gave her one rosary to say and advised her to say it every day. She excused herself, saying that she had her regular exercises. She made the stations of Rome every day, and she wore sackcloth as well as a hair shirt, and she gave herself the discipline several times a week. She often fasted and did other penances. St. Dominic urged her over and over again to take his advice and say the rosary. But she wouldn't hear it. She left the confessional, horrified at the methods of this new spiritual director who had tried so hard to persuade her to take up a devotion for which she had no taste that was beneath her. Later on, when she was at prayer, she fell into ecstasy and had a vision of her soul appearing before the Supreme Judge. St. Michael put all her penances and her other prayers on one side of the scales and all her sins and imperfections on the other. The tray of her good works were greatly outweighed by all of her sins and imperfections. Do you ever have that fear? Your little foibles, imperfections, penance due for sin, still is just too much. She was filled with alarm, as we would be if we took into account those things. She cried for mercy, implored the help of the Blessed Virgin, her gracious advocate, who took the one and only rosary she had said for her penance and dropped it on the tray of her good works. This one rosary was so heavy that it weighed more than all of her sins as well as all of her good works. Our Lady then reproved her for having refused to follow the counsel of her servant, St. Dominic, and for not saying the rosary every day. (sighs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Blessed Mother, for such a helpful. Did you catch that? That one rosary, she said. One rosary was more than all her sins and all her good works. As soon as the lady came back out of this vision, she rushed and threw herself at the feet of St. Dominic and told him all that had happened, begged his forgiveness for her unbelief, and promised to say the rosary faithfully every day. By this means, she rose to Christian perfection and finally to the glory of everlasting life. So you, 
Dear listener of St. Louis talking to us, learn from this power, the value and the importance of this devotion in the Holy Rosary when it's said with meditation on the mysteries. I'm sold. I hope you're sold too. I mean, this gives you hope. You already know you can say your rosary. If you say it daily, like Our Lady asks, look what she can do for you. So now some encouragement from St. Louis, more encouragement. He says, if you practice and preach this devotion, you will learn more by your own experience than all spiritual books. You'll have the happiness of being rewarded by Our Lady. I mean, just when you hear her doing these things for other people, aren't you hopeful that she'll do it for you? Doesn't it make you happy? It brings joy to your heart. You can have that by saying your rosary, right? So in here, it's like it's funny because St. Louis mentions the promises she made to St. Dominic, but he never elaborates them in that book. The promises he made to St. Alan de la Roche, who I mentioned earlier, and to those who encourage this devotion, which is so dear to her. For the rosary teaches people about the virtues of Jesus and Mary and leads them to mental prayer, to the imitation of Jesus Christ, to the frequentation of the sacraments, the practice of genuine virtue, and all kinds of good works. It also helps us gain many wonderful indulgences, which people are unaware of because those who preach this devotion hardly ever mention them and content them. Well, here's what I think is a little different. I think it's a little better in traditional parishes, but when you look at the USCCB, when you look at the bishops, when you look at, they don't talk about saying the rosary, do they? I think it's very rare. Very, very, very rare. And maybe it was a little bit better in St. Louis time because at least some people talked about it, but we can talk about it, right? It's what I'm doing with you. And I'm hoping to encourage you to tell others. He says that he shall content himself with saying in company with blessed Alan de la Roche that a rosary is a source and a storehouse of countless blessings. One, he says, sinners obtain pardon. Particular stories we talked about. I'm, I'm banking. I mean, I really am. If this was like a casino table and we were playing, uh, it was the one with the marble roulette, I would have all my chips on the rosary. I just, you can't beat it. Two, those who thirst are refreshed. Three, those who are fettered are set free. Four, those who weep find joy. Five, those who are tempted find peace. Six, those in need find help. Seven, religious are reformed. Eight, the ignorant are instructed. Nine, the living learn to resist resist spiritual decline. Ten, the dead have their pains eased by suffrages. Our Lady once said to Blessed Alan, I want those who are devoted to my rosary to have my son's grace and blessing during their lifetime, comma, at death, comma, and after their death. In other words, once you're devoted to the rosary, Our Lady wants to help you from that point forever. Can't beat that, right? I want them to be freed from all slavery so that they will be like kings with crowns on their heads, scepters in their hands, 
and to reign in eternal glory. That's what the queen of heaven wants for you. That's what she wants for me. And it's so easy. That little rosary that you look at, that maybe you carry in your pocket, that maybe you have sitting in the car, that maybe is over there on the nightstand that needs a little dusted off. That's your ticket. That's your bet. That's your treasure house. I'm going to repeat those words of Our Lady. She says, I want those who are devoted to my rosary to have my son's grace and blessing during their lifetime, at death and after their death. I want them to be freed from all slavery so that they will be like kings with crowns on their heads, scepters in their hands, and to reign in eternal glory. Amen. Say a little prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Once again, you've done it. You've made it to the end of another Bellman Forum podcast. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. The Bellarmine Forum, also known as the Wander Forum Foundation, was founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II to be a faithful enclave of true Catholic faith and to help those like you, like me, work our way through the confusion of modernist uh, confusion brought on into the modern world. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit charity determined to be Section 501c3. Donations is a uh, Bellman Forum are tax deductible to the maximum extent uh, permitted by law. This program is copyright 2019, the Bellman Forum, to the greater glory of God and the honor of his blessed mother. Amen. <laughs>